The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We have 10 days left in the baseball season. We're here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I've got a special Sunday night guest all coming up next. Happy Sunday night, everybody. We got a little bit of baseball season left. I am Scott Jensted, a uh, special guest this week. I'll introduce him in one second, but we're on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by So Rare. Appreciate everybody, uh, everybody joining in. If you listen to us on the audio version, if you happen to be watching the video, uh, chime in, say hi. If any questions or comments, we always love hearing those and taking those during the show. Uh, like I said, I'm Scott Jensen. No Jeff Erickson tonight. Jeff is out of town, so I have a special guest filling in this week. Uh, you probably, uh, if you play any NFBC leagues, you probably know him because you probably looked up at him in the uh, in your leaderboard or on the stats or the standings. Uh, always doing really one of the, one of the better NFBC players around. One of the nicer guys around too. I always say one of the one of my favorite people in the industry, but just kind of one of my favorite people. So uh, I always ask him to the podcast, and Jeff's not here. Usually he turns me down. So it's a special <laughs> occasion that joined us. Uh, Brian Slack, how are you? Thanks for joining tonight. I am great, Scott. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, very heartwarming, especially the uh, the personal words. The uh, oh, yeah. the NFPC stuff is a little bit overblown, but I, uh, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, I don't know you and uh, you and your partner Nick Sackett, who I also know well, are uh, a pretty darn good NFPC player. So you may downplay that, but uh, you guys are consistently really, really good. What's uh, well, how's your season going this year? Let's uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, you got you guys have like a top twenty-ish team in the main event at some point, right? You're still <clears> up there? Yeah, that that was probably two days ago, and now yeah. it's in the mid thirties. So. It slides fast. It slides fast this time of year. It's it's, it's rough. Yeah. Um, doing Are you okay. winning that league or no? No. Currently in uh, second in that league. Uh, we have another league that we are currently leading uh, over the hard charging Casey Cha, oh. who uh, <laughs> yeah. who outbid us on. Uh, I didn't realize I would be this upset about out, being outbid on Jared Kellenick, but but here we are. Um, <laughs> but so he's charging pretty hard, and then a couple of other leagues that are, are close to um, I think hashing, and so in the thick of it. Beautiful. Well, I uh, appreciate you joining. I'm looking forward to uh, chatting a bunch of baseball. Uh, obviously, you have your partnership uh, with Nick, uh, and I'm more than happy to uh, to talk about baseball because I do not want to talk about football right now. So let's uh, let's jump into baseball because I'm disgusted by the NFL at the moment. So it's uh, it's a good time to uh, jump into some baseball. As a 49ers fan, tonight was rough, but uh, looking at uh, looking at Week 26, uh, it's a weird baseball season right now. There's one 
division that has a remotely interesting race right now. The Braves and the Mets are uh, separated by like a game and a half, both playing really good baseball right now. The Guardians have pretty much buried that division. So uh, how did you guys strategize in terms of fantasy leagues? And, you know, obviously I know you guys play a lot of NFBC, but anybody in home leagues, that sort of thing, we got 10 days left. Um, are you like super hyped looking for teams that like are still playing guys? Are you looking for people that are playing their young guys? Um, how do you kind of deal with these last 10 days? Because I feel like they're a different monster than any other stretch of the whole season. Yeah, it's tough uh, because we're trying to kind of balance. I mean, we were, I mean, we were low on dollars, but I wouldn't say we were all that much lower than a lot of the other teams. Right. So, um, you know, trying to balance like what we're comfortable going down to trying to kind of, I mean, I wrote out, you know, what we had like next week in terms of starters um, and kind of looking at what the, the, the stats might look like on that short week. So trying to kind of say like, okay, maybe we'll have six or seven, you know, starters or guys we can throw and then we need to at least hold a little bit back. And so trying to kind of find that balance um, was, was a focus for sure. But then, yeah, I mean, it's, it's extremely cutthroat and it's um, you're just looking at who are the matchups. It's not even really like who's the better player at yeah. this point. It's like who has the better matchups for the next seven days. And that's yeah. really it. And sometimes even just who has the better first half of the week. Did yeah. you, uh, did you, did you think about making any bids for with the final half week in mind? Or are you just trying to max out this week? Like how much did you kind of take it? It's weird. It's a weird season. Cause we have that final, the way the, you know, the, the lockout works and all that. We have a final half week where we're only going to get, you know, th- each team plays three games. I mean, you know, that's only three starters. So 60% of the starters go 40% of the starters aren't even making a start that week. So were you guys hyper-focused on that last week? Or you just kind of max out this week and then figure out that weird half week and figuring that a lot of guys aren't going to start that week anyway, even they're lined up right now. Yeah, a little bit more of the latter, which was like Domingo Herman was a guy that I yeah. liked, uh, that we liked, and in hopes of really more next week, you know, and, um, you know, to a certain extent, Bryce Elder, like kind of a couple of the starters that you're like, I pr- you have a pretty good feeling that they will get it. And if you could get those guys for a dollar this week, I'm yeah. sure everybody, there were only a handful of them. So I'm sure those, everybody was looking at those same guys this week already. But, but that was really in terms of kind of forecasting, you know, farther ahead. Um, and then, you know, with Kellenic, it was like, you know, you saw that the, the Mariners had four games next week, um, you know, but outside of that, it wasn't too much just because it's, it's changes so much that you want to say that even the guys you're bidding on this week to have six games, you know, a lot of these times will be just like four and you have to throw it anyway. Yeah. That's a, it's a really good call on, on Kelnick. I did notice that the, the final half week of the season, them and the Tigers play a doubleheader. So they have a four game week. It's uh it's the only team. Uh, I believe it's the only two teams with four games that week. So that's uh, that's a, that's a good point right there. Um, did you, uh, were you, are you focusing on just starters? Are you guys thinking about like middle relievers that last half week? Cause obviously a middle reliever, you know, could throw at any point. Are you thinking of uh, adding a couple of relievers uh, this week uh, for, for the last 10 days? Or were you more focused on starters? To the extent we were, were focused, it wasn't on starters. Um, the relievers, I think we could kind of, you know, if there were saves, guys. And, and kind of where we are in saves is usually either really good or really bad. Yeah. And so I, it wasn't too much of a – I don't think we picked up a single reliever this week. It was just um, – because a lot of these guys, I think that if you just want like a good, highly skilled reliever, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to find some of those next week. Even yeah, for a dollar. That's know. a fair, that's a fair point. As long as you got a couple bucks out, you could probably find somebody that can you know throw in. Even at that point, three games going to throw you an inning or two. Um, you're really just hoping to luck into a, a win or a save at that point. But it's going to be uh, it'll be interesting bids next week. So a lot of people are out of money. There's only three games. Anybody who remotely is close to being started will be bid on next week. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be it's going to be a bloodbath and fab next week. Yeah, for sure. Um, this week we got uh, we have four teams with seven games. We have the Phillies, the Nationals, the Red Sox, and the Orioles uh, with seven games, uh, and then we have three teams with five games too. It's a 
kind of a crappy week to have five games. You're, you're hoping to get uh, hoping to get uh, you know uh, production out of some of these guys, but the Diamondbacks disappointing here. I have uh, I have some Corbin Carroll and some Jake McCarthy. The Cardinals play five, and the Mets play five too. So that's obviously a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of uh, players on their roster on that team. So those are those are tough ones. Knowing that the first half of the week, and uh, if you have a you know kind of a bi weekly league, those guys have two games. So those are pretty much uh, unless you're uh, you know Pete Alonso or Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt, those are pretty much sits this half week. Yeah, uh, we're on Team McCarthy with you. So that was uh, going to be a little bit tough, especially because it looks like it's going to be Verlander and McCullers. So probably sitting it. Um, yeah, not only way. two games, but two studs. That's uh, that's pretty tough right there. Um, were there any offensive schedules you guys were finding yourself uh, focused on? Are there any teams you're like, I need to I need to attack this team. I need to really find uh, guys on this team for this week. Uh, you know, I was looking at Philly, uh, three against Chicago, four against Washington. It was a really nice setup. A lot of Phillies are already rostered. But were there any offensive, uh, you know, schedules you guys were really like, oh, we, need to, we need to get this one this week for these this second to last week? Yeah, there was some Red Sox. You know, uh, Tristan Casas was out there in a few leagues. And then uh, the Nationals, I think we'll kind of get to a couple of the guys I picked up. Uh, this week um they've got three and it you know you see it and it's the braves to start the week and you're like well that's not good but it, it actually looks like it might be bryce elder uh according to rotowire grid it might be kyle muller yeah. on tuesday and then oda rizzi on wednesday and so yeah. that's not uh the worst uh yeah they time. pretty much schedule it so they they play the braves at the end they play the braves on the weekend so they push free to the brave series morton and kyle wright are pitching the brave series so it's, it's a good point all the good Braves pitchers are not pitching the first half of the week. So the Nats, uh, hopefully we get some Joey Manessis in there, but uh, the Nats, uh, the Nats are pretty, lined up at least pretty, pretty well for the first half week. I missed the Joey Manessis train, but uh, it seems it's to be going a, right along. It's been a fun train. Every time I look up, I'm like, oh, I had no hits today. I'm like, oh, let's click on the Washington box score. Oh, there's a home run. So that'll work. You guys he's, are been, he's been nice hit middle of the lineup. It's uh, those little fines that are always the sweetest ones, but yeah. And then, uh, and then just to tie that uh, all together, uh, Washington then has four games on the weekend, including uh, that. So they're at Philly. I'm sorry, they're home against Philly, and one of those is Cinderberg game. So uh, trying to get a little steal here and there. Did you just call it? Would you call it a Cinderberg game? A Cinderberg game. That's what I call. It. Yeah, whenever uh, we're uh, in, in need of steals. So. I thought you were putting it together because he was piggybacking this week. I thought you were going Wheeler Cinderberg like portmanteau on us right there. Oh no, no, I wish. Uh, Syndergaard games got love, especially if anybody has any sort of stolen base the upside because he's uh, obviously brutal there. I feel like uh, I feel like we had those John Birdie Syndergaard games. They never really worked out fully as well as we wanted it to. Yeah, he sat one of them, and the other one he didn't do much. But uh, I, I like uh, I like two of the teams in the AL West this week too. I like Seattle this week, and I like the Angels. They both have the same schedule. Since you just flip flopped, uh, they get three against Texas, three against Oakland. Obviously, no pitchers there that anybody is remotely worried about facing. I guess John Gray and Martin Martin, Martin Perez are kind of okay, but. Everybody on the A's, uh, you want to you want to face those pitchers, uh, whether it be Caprelli and Martinez and Irvin or Waldachuk and Sears on the weekend. Sears got smoked again today. Um, anytime you get some A's uh, A's matchups right now, it's a good thing to be. And you, like you said earlier, uh, matchups are kind of the key here. That's all we're really all what we're looking for is matchups. And uh, it's only only nine days left or nine games left. Most teams, except for a couple, have ten, but uh, it's all matchup based right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the Mariners. They, it's the Mar- you said the Mariners and the Angels, right? Yeah, the Mariners. Yeah. Um, yet another reason to bring it back to Kelnick. But you know, one guy that I did, we did get for uh, $2 was uh, Eugenio Suarez. Um, hopeful that he will be back. There were like some optimistic quotes from, uh, from him and the manager that he might be back there Tuesday. So hoping to catch a little, uh, little luck there. 
Yes. Um, uh, so I was taking some light swings in the cage midweek. So yeah, maybe the, and, don't and doubt by this guy. Do not do yeah. this to me right now. They we're, need, we're, they need the keys. They need it back. Julio Rodriguez obviously went on the IL and that's a big loss for them. And you know, Suarez is, uh, you know, he's kind of had a very Suarez year. It's uh, you know, you look up, he's in two thirty five, but 31 home runs in this, uh, you know, dead ball season. That's been thirty one eighty four out of him has been, uh, has been a really nice play considering where he went or if you picked him up uh, for free and fab. Right. I had him in, in on zero teams, uh, but needed RBIs in this particular spot. And uh, like I said, some of the comments were encouraging. So, uh, yeah, you know, it, Dylan Moore was a guy that we kind of looked at like a little bit, but then it does look like there's only three lefties at this point. And I think at one point there were four. And then they, um, you know, he played against a righty this past week, but that was the day that J.P. Crawford was out. So, like, it might just be strictly lefties, in, in which case you're kind of three – so he was on there because, you know, we need speed in a couple spots. So, but uh, we ended up not getting any. But, yeah, for the most part, yeah. those schedules look, look good. I'm weird that way when there's like a Sunday game and my guy, the guy doesn't play. I tend to be like, oh, I'm a little worried about playing time. And more didn't play. He did come in and pitch hit. But I had him in some bids. But I kind of – I pulled back a little bit uh, just based on that. But let's get into hitters and fab. Um it was a week where, like you said, playing matchups. Uh, what about uh, what you guys? Did you, are, you guys need stolen bases anywhere? I guess is my my first question. We got uh, Jinwan Bay, who you uh, you pointed out to me was off my spreadsheet when I first or my uh, my outline when I first sent it to you. He has a uh, two stolen bases in his first game. I think he had uh, he has a, a big chunk of stolen base in the minors. He had thirty stolen bases in AAA, and then uh, Nate Eaton in Kansas City, uh, running crazy. Also, he had an, uh, he had another stolen base today. Dude has eleven stolen bases and a hundred uh, like hundred and five plate appearances, something like that. Uh, do you have do you have a preference for you know if you need stolen bases, maybe two or three get you a point league? Uh, were you on Eaton? Were you on uh, were you on Bay? Where were you guys going this week for for steals? Yeah, we had had them on the you know same lines. Uh, I think Eaton was ahead, but um, you know both of them look pretty good. I think just the fact that Eaton has done this and is playing a lot and has the yeah. third base eligibility now, it looks like he's doing you know pretty well even if it's with you know slightly elevated babbit um a little bit of pop there too for for eaton so um and actually for for bay as well so i kind of like both those guys you know um bay's let off the last two games yeah they called him up. that was nice they called after him up, after i realized who he was once you told me that mm-hmm. i realized he let off the last two days uh apparently you were not uh, the only one who went for 19 bucks in my main event league so it was one of those things that i was like maybe i'm gonna slide him through for a dollar and uh, not remotely close it was very festive, very festive on the uh, the G1 yeah, day bidding. You, you got you to love when someone is just laughing. They've got about 70 bucks. You're like, yeah, I'm just not going to be. Whoever you want, you pretty much get. This uh, same person in my Vegas main, which is the most insanely active. It's so funny. I look at that league in my other main. I'm like, oh, look, all these guys available. And I look in the Vegas one. There's like no, literally nobody to bid on. It's just, it's kind of gross. But uh, he picked up three different guys for 19 bucks, just figuring that uh, he was going to beat us all. So it was uh, – <laughs> Rough there, but uh, you know it was uh, it was it was a good name you brought up. I like uh, I, I appreciated that, but yeah, I think I had eaten a little bit ahead too, just a little more. Uh, you know, playing uh, playing every day. You know, Bay's only been up for three days, but uh, it's interesting when you get uh, you get a couple stone base guys this late in the year. Bay's an interesting little guy. He's got uh, he's hit two ninety eight eight home runs, thirty stone bases. Uh, the more I looked after you brought him up, the more I was interested. Yeah, yeah, he's got a good plate approach. Uh, double digit walk rates with the minors. Uh, yeah. you know, one to eight max EV so far. A little bit of pop, you know, not too much. And it's the Reds. You know, honestly, we were talking about like the weekend this this Monday to Thursday is thirty three percent of the remaining season, and they've got the Reds. <laughs> that's that's you know? fright- that's frightening when you put it yeah, that way. Right? The third of the season you're playing the Reds, so uh, I'll take it. And um, yeah, you know, at Pittsburgh, and then this weekend it was uh, not quite as good. I think it was. Yeah, St. Louis, and then St. Louis next week too, but including, I guess, one lefty. So, um, 
we ended up with the Bay in a couple spots. No Eaton. He went. He's actually some you know very smart person. Got him last week in, in the spot we really needed it, and then uh, this week we kind of got outbid. Um, and I kind of, I mean, we did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's, there's no there's no kind of getting outbid, right? It's kind of, yeah. you either get bid, outbid, or you don't. But uh yeah, I was uh I was in on those. I don't really need steals in in too many places, but I was uh, I was in on those a little bit. Uh what about uh, on offense otherwise? Uh, I was looking at some giants. Uh, they get uh, they have six games to make the five against lefties and a team that platoons a ton. So, you know, some Lamont Wade in there. Uh Jock Peterson weirdly didn't play today against a righty, so I uh I pulled back on him a little bit, but where else were you guys on offense? Any like Carlos Santana? Uh, I assume Oswaldo mm. Cabrera was probably already picked up in your league, but where were you guys going uh, otherwise on offense? I mean, I know you have a great flow in this podcast and I hate to interrupt it, but that's just what I'm going to do. Please do. Is, is there was this one, we had one main event and, and we kind of had, ten, we had, we had $10 left and we tried to spread some of it out, you know, between there was Cabrera was available. Um, Maryfield had gotten dropped. Eaton was available and Bay was available. We, we went down to one on Bay and still got outbid there, but the other ones were at two and we ended up with like a lot of tied bids and, and sure some of the other people could have tied us as well. But so we ended up with none of these guys that I really wanted to get at the top. So was that, was that pretty much you were saying you're losing all tie bids because you're so high up in the standings? Uh, indirectly. Yeah. Yes. That was a, uh, that was a, that was a nice uh, side humble brag there. You know, that, that's what I'm here for. But uh, It's just, it's just so rough when you can't win any tie bids in any uh, leagues. This is my plight. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it was um, – I don't even know what I was talking about. The, the No real, like, giants. Um, that whole offense seems really – I mean, they had the core series. That was great. But the whole offense seems pretty lackluster right now. We got they David are. VR last week and then just didn't really have a lot of moves and money left to kind of really get out of it. We got a replacement. Uh, I know they have Colorado to start the week, which isn't bad. Um, I was more interested a couple names, like uh, two names, Alex Call for the Nationals and Brian De La Cruz for yeah. the uh, for the Marlins. Um, Alex Call looks like, you know, he's got a pretty good play approach as well. Um, was doing, you know, pretty well in the minors, kind of a 280, 25-15 pace, if you will. Um, 109 max ED, he's got four homers so far. Um, usually hitting around, usually hitting fifth, and there were some pretty positive comments from, from the manager there. The, the curious thing, and, and again, we go back to like the schedule, right? The first three against the Braves were pretty nice, and then Philly. Um, Kind of curious. I didn't see too much about it, but like he did sit Tuesday and Wednesday, and but he had played the previous ten games, and then he played four straight, and and it wasn't like he was necessarily slumping. I think even like today, I think he finished his six game hit streak or something. So, kind of interested to see that. But there was a little bit of power, a little bit of speed, and some good matchups. So he was a guy that was um, we got on a few different teams, and then um, and then Brian De La Cruz. Also, he's been smoking the ball the last yeah. month. You know, uh, twenty five barrels, eleven homers, one hundred eleven max EV. And those, and you know, pretty good play skills too. Eighty-five percent Z contact, thirty-five percent O swing. It's Carrasco, Walker, and Lauer to start, which isn't terrible. And then you got Burns, and then Peralta. You know, who knows how who knows how deep he goes. And then Hauser on the weekend. So, not great, but uh, doable. And uh, so those were two guys that we ended up getting uh, a few uh, shares of. Anytime you can face Hauser, I feel pretty good about that. Good that, dude, that dude literally has one strike at his last three starts total. Like I looked to pick him up because he had two starts to make it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to pick him up for two strikeouts. Yeah, not going to happen there. So uh, I was definitely in on Dela Cruz too. I mean, we're a time of year where, you know, playing time and, you know, a little bit of a hot streak is pretty, pretty much the king right now. And uh, Dela Cruz has been playing a bunch, hitting sixth every day for the Marlins. Uh, had four hits, uh, four hits yesterday. So just, uh, you know, he's been, he's been really hitting the ball. Had two more hits today. Um, that was definitely a guy that I was, uh, I was in on. Uh, 
anywhere Oswaldo Cabrera was available, that was uh, that was my one. I picked him up last week in in my main. I picked him up a couple weeks ago in one of them, and last week uh, in one the other one. And I just I just like I like his swing. It's one of those weird things. I watch him play, and I'm like, this dude has just a sweet swing. Mm-hmm. I liked how good. He, I mean, the minor leagues. He had 29, or he had uh, eight home runs and uh, and 10 stolen bases this year, and they had 24 home runs, 20 stolen bases last year in double A. So this is a guy that's like a real legit prospect. Uh, he hit fourth today for the Yankees. Like, yep. give me that every day. He's been hitting fifth, sixth somewhere in there. Guys on base. He had a grand slam earlier this week that was like just freaking sweet. So it's uh, second and outfield eligible too. If you happen to be in a daily league or some league that uh, you still might pick up, uh, he was probably he's probably my top guy this week if he was available anywhere. I mean, just anytime you get hit in the middle of that Yankees lineup, like give me that all the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was uh, he was one of the that grouping of guys that we tried to get in for two dollars and got that bid on. And had we gone three on any one of them, we would have gotten. By, we tried to kind of get multiples. So uh, this is again me, me pouting here, uh, <laughs> late night on the West Coast. But yeah, he he looked really good and uh, definitely a target. Yeah, and we, you talk schedules. They're they're at Toronto. I don't mind that. And they're home against Baltimore. I like that. And then they're at Texas for four uh, next week too. So that's uh, it's a pretty prime setup for the Yankees. They, uh, they who know, the problem is who knows if they need the games. Like they've already uh, you know they've clinched. Uh, they cl- they're going to win the AL East. They're going to be one of the top two seeds. Um, so you wonder about games sitting, and it's just I, it, that's going to be anybody though. Even the bad teams, like they're going to be like, oh, you can sit this game, or and nobody's going to play next Wednesday. Like everybody's going to have two at bats that come out of the out of the game. So if you want to, you need to catch up. Don't wait till last Wednesday, last Wednesday, because it's a it's always a tough day to catch up on. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You're going to watch games with people next Wednesday. You're like a whole party next week, right? Oh yeah, it's going to be pretty. Th- it kind of came together pretty quickly, but you know, uh, you know, I'm in LA and uh, yeah, I some do. friends uh, in the Bay Area. I was just like, let's come up and watch the the uh, the last day of the season. So Nick is up there. He's up there for Tuesday night, and then uh, I'm going to meet up with a few others, including um, Toby, uh, Bat Flip Crazy, and nice. uh, some other friends as well. So have a good time. Watch the last day of the season. And the nice thing is all all whatever 15 games start at the same time, so it's, it's like a just a fun, chaotic, crazy day of. Uh, uh, try to figure out what stats you need and what run or what run or walk or, or strikeouts going to win or you lose your league. So it's, uh, I'm sure you guys will all be really calm and mellow during the whole thing. Very mellow. What is, I know it's a little far in the future, but what is your plan? How are you going to handle that day? Uh, you want the honest answer? Or do you want honest like the, like I'm a baseball fan answer? What do you don't give me, give me this. Just pretend like it's just me and you. Nobody's I'm super weird. I probably will um, turn off all box scores at one o'clock and check it at five o'clock. That is insane. Is that insane? Like I, that's rare, right? It's, I mean, it's totally rare. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, is it the stress of like, of like watching the games and, and trying to? It's just it? hard. Like I'll be in the middle of a work day too. It's like a Wednesday, so I probably won't want to be distracted. But more than anything, I just like I don't really want to follow every pitch. I'll watch games this week, but it'll probably be that last day. Uh, yeah, the last day I probably if it's close. Um, I don't, I'm pretty. Uh, we've we talked about many times in the podcast. I'm high-ish up there overall. I've, I lost a bunch of ground this week, so I have a, a bunch of ground to make up to get to the top. But um, high up overall, yeah, it just might be a little too stressful. I understand. I understand. I will be It'll, texting. I'll be. I'll just text you instead. Yeah. Right. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, as well. The Cabrera just struck out four times. Which this is what happened. Um, be fun, let's uh, let's jump into pitching because I thought pitching was the really interesting part in Fab this week and the time I the, the thing I spent most of my time on. But first, a note from our sponsors at So Rare. So Rare MLB is an NFT based free to pay free to play baseball game played with officially licensed Major League Baseball cards. Sign up today at SoRare.com/slash MLB and you'll receive 13 common cards to start your collection. Build seven player lineups from cards in your collection and play weekly competitions with scoring based on real-life player performance. Compete for rewards with other fans around the world. For more information on gameplay or sign up, visit SoRare.com slash MLB. There's no better time to join SoRare than right ahead of the postseason gameplay. 
So, Brian, I felt uh, I spent most of my time today as I was doing fab looking for starters. I felt like, you know, I needed a couple bats here and there, but mo- for the most part, you know, I had two or three guys on the bench, uh, but starters were tough for me. It's like uh, Sonny Gray was brutal. I uh, I was, uh, mm-hmm. it was going to be a two-star week for Sonny Gray this week. I need strikeouts badly in both my leagues. He uh, got one strikeout. Pitched one inning, got hurt. I had to sit with him there in my lineup the whole rest of the way. I had Dustin May in the in, in the in the Vegas main event league, so I had to replace him. So I was looking for arms. I had some Spencer Strider in the in the online championship. But I was looking for arms, looking for anybody that either is pitching twice this week, and then I could I can drop them and drop somebody in their slot next week. I was looking for somebody who had a start this week and next week. I was looking for guys who different different two starts left. There were some players out there that like start late next week and probably aren't going to start the week after. So I was kind of out on those. Uh, but I wanted to ask you about some of these uh, some of these pitchers this week. Uh, we've got. Uh, uh, Chase Anderson, I picked up. It's going to be really gross and ugly, but he's got two starts. His last couple of starts have been not horrendous, but holy hell, those are starts I'm not going to be watching. So you asked me about watching starts. I'm not going to watch Chase Anderson starts. That's going to be that's going to be too tough. Um, James Caprellian has two starts. Were there any like before we get into the the, the guys who have one start and there are there any like two start pitchers week that you guys found yourself really in on that you were trying to like I got to maximize strikeouts. I got to get some wins. Let's grab these guys with two starts, no matter how terrible they are. Honestly, not really. Okay. Uh, we across the board, our pitching has has been the, the strength more than the hitting. So a lot of it's been hitting, chasing. I mean, we spent most of the time today just on the hitting, um, and then everywhere where we need wins, and there's a couple spots where it's just like every win is crucial. And so you, you know, we had Gossman going. Um, who do we have yesterday? Was it Rasmussen? Right, like these great performances that end yeah. up in the win. You're just like you're you're cringing. Yeah. Um, D- Dylan Dylan sees today with six shoutings and. <sighs> Like yes. 14 seconds later, uh, Kendall Graveman gave up 10 runs. It was it was brutal. Yeah, yeah. It just it happened so quickly. You're like, oh, this is great. And then no. Yeah. Um, did you guys, did you guys bid on uh, this guy in Detroit uh, throwing twice a week, Joey Wentz at all? He was. He, um, so yeah, just to kind of to finish that thought is, which is never easy for me. But like, I think that <laughs> we have we have more of a focus. Like ratios are still close too, and right. rather than like try to go with like strikeouts, happen to be a little bit better. So rather than taking two of the of the Joey Wentz or Chase Anderson stuff like that, we kind of will probably go with some of our one start guys we already have. Um, you know, a Miles Nicholas or like a, a Jack Flaherty or something. Um, oh yeah, oh, I'd kill funny. I'd kill for those options. I was literally looking for dirty. live bodies at this Winters point. Dirty. It was it was it was rough. But Joey Wentz uh, pitched uh, his pitch pretty well. He's made a. He's made, what, uh, three starts as he got called back up. Uh, he's given up two runs once, zero runs twice. One of those was four innings. The other one was six and two-thirds against the Royals. Uh, then he had uh, five and two-thirds against uh, against Baltimore, so pitched pretty well. He gets Kansas City to start this week in the first start that he's at. He's home against Minnesota, so two home starts. Detroit's a good place to pitch. Um, I did like him. I thought uh, he was actually picked up in one of my leagues last week. I don't know. That was a he great was call by whoever picked here. him up. Yeah, yeah. that's it a hell of a pickup a week earlier there was there was actually some thoughts he was gonna pitch twice last week i think that that played into a little bit but uh mm-hmm. i liked uh i liked him uh i picked up some chase anderson i'm not super happy about it um, i was able to get uh ronzi Contreras in in one of my mains he got mm-hmm. dropped and he was like 97 owned that's strictly a strikeout play like i worry about wins in pittsburgh are not gonna be a good thing but like he struck out double digit guys last start um so i'm hoping hoping for two starts there you know you got a chance at like you know 14 15 strikeouts which is a pretty big chunk this late in the year yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Wentz was the one of, of the two start options. He seemed the most, the matchups were great. And uh, yeah, he's, you could see a scenario where it works out. It's, it's easier to, for me to imagine that scenario. Um, you know, gives up a little bit more contact in the zone, 88% contact, but like 58% first pitch strike, 8.4% swing strike. You know, it's, uh, 
4.09 Sierra. It's it's not great, but I mean, you're looking at matchups, and and that's the type of thing with with two of them. Uh, you know, it seems like he's got pretty good control, so maybe keeps the walks down and doesn't hurt you too much like that. Chase Anderson's given up five hits total his last three starts. I there's no want, way you, there's no way he doesn't give up five runs in the first inning. I I, I do you want to know his bad over the last four games or not? Uh, it's probably like 080. 118. Yeah. yeah. 118 Babbitt. Um, so to be fair, I looked at it. He's got Pittsburgh tomorrow. Um, so that's, you know, I, uh, you got, you got to like that. It may not work out, but you got to like that. And he's got at Chicago next or the, on Sunday. So it's like, he's facing two bad offenses. He's pitching. Well, he's a bad pitcher. Don't get me wrong, but I'm, I'm hoping for not getting blown up and getting uh, eight to 10 strikeouts is kind of the goal here. Maybe if I get slide out a win out of it, that'd be a great week, but it's uh it's a risky one. I, uh, I have some, I have I have more uh, buffer in ratios than I do anywhere else. Mm-hmm. K's are my worst category, so I'm mm-hmm. I essentially I essentially consider that a three start week because I'm going to throw him twice, drop him, and then pick somebody else in this spot next week. So uh, I'm trying to max out. I'm trying to max out the K's and go for it rather than playing it safe, and that may burn me. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, you only get so many chances to go for it. So I am. Um, again, uh, with breaking with the thread of the podcast, I think you picked up oh, was it Ryan Nelson uh, from the, the two weeks ago, yeah. two weeks ago. That was nice. Uh, the first start was nice. The second it, one was, uh, but still, I mean, I think that, you know, you've been up there before. Um, and I think just, you know, we've had some runs, you know, Nick and I've had some, some deeper and, and to get in there, it, it, it's, a, it's possible to be like wanting to play conservatively, right. To just like yeah. try to try to focus on the, and, and, and think about the downside of like, what happens if he gets blown up by the Dodgers. Right. But right. I think, uh, very commendable. And I loved it when I heard you talking about it, even before before the game happened and the game's happening, right? And what the Dodgers, I'm like, I was just loving it. I was like, this was a yeah. great call just to, to really try and try and push for it. So kudos to you for that. Uh, and I hope that Chase Anderson works uh, as well. Yeah, I mean, it very obviously very well could not, but uh, you know, two starts. Uh, I consider a three start, uh, three start spot is how kind of how I'm playing it and strikeouts in my most category. So hoping to not get smoked in ratios, hoping to get some strikeouts, but uh, it's it was it was definitely a going for it, uh, going for it play, which uh, I admit, I admit could burn me, and I, I fully admit that. And I'm public about the fact that I don't think Chase Anderson's good. I'm just hoping he's good for one more week. Yeah, I think – I don't know if you have, like, what kind of production value you have or, like, team you have behind the scenes here. But if you could cut your initial response when Jeff mentioned uh, Chase Anderson, like, three weeks ago. <laughs> oh, I'm and sure. splice it in right here. Yeah, I don't know. He's horrible. No, he's bad. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't think he's good at all. I'm going to uh, go find it. I'm going to go find it. This is how much free time I have. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Chicago, it's, uh, it's rough. But uh, it's two starts. Um, so what about the one-start guys? Uh, I really liked uh, I really liked Braxton Garrett. We talked about him a couple months ago, uh, and then he got hurt for Miami. But he's uh, – I actually think he's a pretty pretty good pitcher, actually, which is a little bit different than some of you guys have talked about. He's got a 24.5% strikeout rate, a walk rate under six, and has been very good kind of uh, – since his first bumps in the road, he had like one bad start in July against Cincy. But pretty much everything else has been three runs or less since, uh, since the start of July. He's actually been pretty good. Uh, he came back uh, the 23rd against uh, Washington, six innings, five hits, one uh, one earned run, no walk, six strikeouts. So I actually think Garrett, among the guys that uh, among the guys that were available, I thought Garrett was the best of the pitchers. Yeah, yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. Um, you know, and, and Milwaukee is is kind of hit and miss, and especially against lefties. I think that um, that's going to be a better spot. You know, I think that to me most of those hitters are um, the more dangerous hitters are left-handed. So. I think that uh, yeah, hopefully that's a, that's a good spot that works this week. And skills wise, like you said, I think there was a lot to like. 
Yeah, I do. I actually think he's a pretty good pitcher. I, I watched him a bunch when I had him earlier in the year, and I actually like what I saw. Uh, talk to you about Michael Michael Lorenzen in Anaheim is uh, getting some strikeouts. Uh, most impressive thing about Lorenzen right now is that he gets the A's in his next start, and he gets the A's again next week. Uh, tough to uh, tough to be pretty happy with that, unless you're Jacob Degrom, uh, you got or George Kirby. They could beat some good pitchers this week, uh, but you got to feel pretty good about two starts left, both against Oakland. Yeah, we had a bid in on them, you know. Um, he you want me to talk about him he sure. uh you don't have yeah to. we had a bit on him it was like and, and really not for this week so much as like like we talked about when everybody looks up next week and there are yeah. three starts that are available and one of them is, is a guy at oakland yep. like it's gonna be it's gonna be you, you this was your chance to get him so we had a bid we ended up not getting him uh but he's he's looked okay um, especially if yeah. I pull it Thir- up. 13, 13 strikeouts, last two starts over, over 10 innings, uh, only get up six, uh, hits in that hitting that stretch. Uh, you're going to use up six runs, but you know, I don't think you're, you're not picking up Lorenzen for pure ratio help. It's a strikeout play, but 13 strikeouts over the last, uh, last, uh, two starts is, was pretty nice. Uh, the strikeout rate's not huge on the year. The walk rate's a little high. I feel like he's a, maybe he's uh maybe he's just kind of in a, in a nice role right now, but there's a pure matchup play for me is to grab him against two Oakland starts. Yeah, yeah. I and I probably I know I preferred him to to Bryce Elder, who was a guy we looked at too. Um Bryce Elder, I don't did you get any of him? So Bryce Elder was a weird uh roller coaster for me today because there was a spot for like an hour where it looked like he was gonna pitch twice. Mm-hmm. Uh they announced they he wasn't announced at all. The Braves had announced the rotation because they had a rain out in their game, they had announced the thing, and then Dave O'Brien, their beat writer, Dan O'Brien, Dave O'Brien, um, said, Oh, Elder's pitching Monday, and they're like, Oh, maybe he's gonna pitch Sunday also, but then they realized that they were lining up freed Morton and Wright for the uh, for the Mets series but uh I liked what I saw an elder the last uh last couple starts he threw I threw well against Washington and threw well against Miami um his walks freaked me out a little bit though yeah yeah that's kind of where we were to um five of his eight outings have come against Miami or Washington and uh I mean this guy is just just run good um but even and, he, get, that, and he gets Washington again this tomorrow so that's that, Washington that's nice and too. then should line up for the oh, reason right. that I was Miami. probably most interested was for him next week yeah uh because of you know again I think we had some good starts this week and those will all run out and so we'll be a little bit shorthanded next week but uh, yeah, even in those, this last three, he's you know running a, a 209 BABIP, uh, 9.3% swing strike, uh, 91% Z contact, um, 28% O swing, 55% first pitch strike. So not a lot that's like jumping off the page in terms of like this could work, but you know, you're kind of in the same thing with the matchups and, but we did have Lorenzen ahead of Elder. Yeah, I did too. And I moved him up and down and like at halftime of the football game, I came back in and moved him down because I realized he wasn't going to start twice. So it was a, it was a bit of a roller coaster with me with Elder. I did not end up, uh, did not end up getting him. Uh, I know you guys play mostly 15 teamers in your 15 teamers. He's a guy that's available in about f- only 40% roster and 12ers. Uh, Kyle Bradish has been rolling lately. He had a 12 strikeout game, uh, 10 strikeout game against the Astros um, on, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, eight and two thirds, two hits, no walks, 10 strikeouts. Um, he's someone who's been rolling his last, uh, I, I have to scroll down to June 18th. Last time he gave up more than three runs in the game. Um, I know it's Baltimore, but uh, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, decent for some wins in there. Um, do you guys have, have you guys been riding any Bradish over here the last couple of months? No, but not because we didn't want to. Uh, yeah. He, by the time he kind of reemerged, he had—I forget the name—and this is this is great when you're trying to explain something. But he had uh, it might have been even Houston again. But he had some start. We just went bananas, and they had like I think it was like a lot of like really throwing the slider a lot more and a change in his like horizontal release point. 
uh, and added some velocity to it, I think. Something like that. Um, or was on a release point. Wow, you're really getting deep here. I like it. Uh, yeah, it was against Houston. It was uh, August 26th. Eight shutout innings. He owns the Astros. That is crazy. And there was some stuff. I think he was just like talking about uh, he's going to like emulate Corbin Burns or something. Just like trying to t- you know take a playbook, uh, play out his playbook or something. So um, yeah, I will uh, tweet about these stats later. But yeah, I, I'm curious to see what's happened there. But I know I liked him. Tried to get him about three weeks ago now and just missed the, the boat. Anybody else in the uh, in the starting pitch, pitching market you guys were uh, were in on? That was a, those were kind of the guys I'm looking at. I looked at a little bit of Cody Morris in Cleveland. Now that he's actually pitching enough innings to qualify for wins, um, I think he gets uh, he has a good matchup this week too. He's against uh, oh he's against Tampa Bay, but then he gets Kansas City potentially next week. So he's one of those like next week guys I was looking at also. But uh, I'm worried that uh, they're not going to pitch him next week. I just don't know if they even want to buy. They've already clinched the division. Uh, they probably, I assume they're maybe going to, you know, slot him in the bullpen during the, uh, during the playoffs. I don't know if he's going to be a starter for them, but uh, I was a little bit worried that he wasn't going to make that second start. Kind of pulled me off him a little bit, but uh, he's a guy who has a lot of talent. Um, he's finally, his last two starts, he finally got over five innings, six and five, uh, only one run each 11 strikeouts in there. I think he's a, a very solid arm that's tough to hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that Savali looked good this week, uh, but I think that Plesak is is back. I think I saw a friend. Yeah, Plesak's pitching Friday, so I think uh, it, it moves uh, it moved McKenzie off his scheduled two start week. But then it was going to be now Bieber's going Tuesday, McKenzie's going Wednesday, um, mm-hmm. and then Plesak's coming in Friday. If they throw Morris and Quantrill, then the Savali goes Sunday, which is always kind of scary when you have a Sunday one start week and you're like what if something gets pushed what if it's just a rain out because um, i have savali in one of my two mains he's he was actually pretty decent this week he had two starts weeks so i picked him up picked him up for this one but i was definitely gonna throw him against casey but i'm always a little wary of that sunday start because one rain out and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose yeah yeah um yeah i'm growing more more nervous by the minute but uh yeah so didn't get any cody morris or, or he wasn't really available the guy that i, I most i can't remember if i mentioned this was uh domingo herman Okay. Um, he was in available in a couple spots. He, you know, looked pretty good. Um, last time out against Boston, he's kind of got a slight bit of a, of a home run issue, but, uh, he's got Baltimore at Yankee stadium this week and then at Texas for the last week, which is you know really what we were chasing His velocity's kind of ticked up a little bit over the last, you know, four or five starts, which I think has helped too. So he was a guy that, um, you know, chasing wins. I thought that those were a couple good spots. So he was a guy, and then ended up not getting him. But um, it was him, and then one other one was Luis Ortiz in Pittsburgh. Um, he looked great today. Yeah. Uh, 15 whiffs on 80 pitches, 38% CSW. But he did get pulled after 80 pitches, which you know is, is a concern. He threw 83 the first time, and then I think I remember tweeting you because this was he was the one of the first guys that dominated the Reds during the yep. famous Red Stack week. And I was like, who is who is LL Ortiz? And then, uh, <laughs> sure enough, I'm bidding on him two weeks later. But uh, his the, stuff, that Reds offensive week was hor- horrible. By the I way, I still blame. I think they had one game where they had like six or seven runs. Everything else was four under. Uh, I know I said they were going to shut four shots, but they scored one or, one or fewer runs the four times. So I was close, but it was uh, it was a gr- it was a gross week for for nine games. And like Luis Barrero played like three or four of the games, and I think Aquino was like the only guy who really was like one of the pickups that actually worked out. Yep, yeah, and we had and everybody. We had and like, I don't, up in Barrero, Friedel, Fraley, and. Uh, I think I even had Don Venezolano on one team. Yeah, so it was it was gross, a gross five days. I'm looking right now. I could be wrong, but I'm, oh no, yeah, Aquino. Aquino has one hit since that week. He has uh, mm-hmm. Aquino has one hit since September 16th, and he's played every single game since then. Yeah, he's a streaky guy. And then they've got Pittsburgh this week too. So 
Uh, that's uh, that's one for his last 32 by my quick math. Ooh. Ooh, that's that is, good. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that'll hurt the batting average there. Make that's uh, that's very Josh Young like right there, who struck out Ooh. about four thousand times this week. Uh, yeah, we got him. Uh, one spot, very cheap. You know, I think you got him about the same price, like five six bucks. Yeah, yeah. I could not wait for Friday to take him out of the lineup, though. Like mm-hmm. I was like on Wednesday, I was like, I need to get the guy out of the lineup now. I'm just gonna make the move because I just it was so he was like he's striking out three times every night. He just got a lot of pop, but man, he's got a ton of swing and miss to, to deal with right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty rough. But back to Aquino, is like he finishes. He got at Pitt, at the yep. Cubs, home against the Cubs. I'm like, what are you gonna? I I, I need to to check. But it seems like I keep targeting some of these Cubs matchups, and they're not quite paying off the way I thought they would. Uh, I don't know if the Cubs are. Maybe I'm just throwing bad hitters. That's probably the issue. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I kept thinking. No, but like Sam, Samson's pitched pretty well. Stroman's pitched okay. Was sent was West Nesky mm. pitched pretty well the last couple of game times out. So yeah, the Cubs are actually getting a little bit of better pitching uh, the last like two or three weeks than they had before. Uh, I don't. Uh, Wade Miley was the one exception there. He was uh, he was picked up uh, pretty big last week for the two start week. Did not work out well, and he got he got he got hit in both those starts. I think. Mm. Yeah, I and left today. Left today with oblique tightness. So it was uh, it was not great. I think he had, he, had, he actually had four hundred runs on on Monday, so that helped a little bit. He gave seven runs. The mm. Marlins really three were earned, but uh, I should get outbid on Miley. I was a little bit bummed about it last week. So you know, every once in a while, uh, things do work out a little bit, a uh, little, little well there. Mm. Last guy I want to ask you about, uh, since you know we're an A's centric podcast most of the time, uh, James Caprellian. Uh, you know, I Nick, I know your partner Nick uh, Sack is an A's fan. Uh, were you guys, uh, you guys looking at him at all for the uh, for the at Los Angeles? Uh, Angels at Seattle uh, two-step this week. I we did not. Can you please tell me uh, about him and how good he is? Uh, no, I he, he's a guy that scares the hell out of me. He, but he weirdly mm-hmm. like puts stretches together. Like these last three starts, he's been really good. But then he gave eight four starts to go to the Yankees. He just I, I always he always freaks me out. He doesn't strike out that many guys. Uh, it was more of a two-start. He was actually not available in either one of my mains, so I was not uh, I was not in on him either. But uh, you know, as I was looking for anybody that threw twice this week, he kept popping up my list. I just. A strikeout rate under 17%, a walk rate in double digits. It's it's hard to really get there with Caprillion. It was more of a uh, been pitching well, had some hot streaks last year too, so maybe you can ride that. But uh, I'd be I'd be worried about that. I'd throw it if I needed strikeouts or wins, but if I was protecting ratios, I think I'd try and avoid it myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the last few games, like you said, minus that, that Yankee game, mm, he's trying, trying to gather some, uh, some decent starts. He has, he has. But uh, let's uh, let's get jump into uh, relievers. Uh, but first, a note from our sponsors at the Blue Wire Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. We thank you for indulging us there. We thank uh, Blue Wire for the partnership all year long. Uh, relievers, I, I, I don't know if you listened at all in the in the preseason, but I, uh, I, uh, I had the praises of Domingo Acevedo as a, a sleeper late pick. So it only took uh, five and a half months, but mm. Domingo Acevedo is now the uh, now the closer for the A's. So if you held him that whole time, uh, you can thank me for that. It's really been super valuable. But uh, Acevedo is clearly the guy. He's had the last four saves for the A's. Um, and you got a bunch of other leaders, but most I want to ask you about uh, the Dodgers. They took Craig Kimbrell out of the closer role. Um, it seems like they are a committee. We've got Evan Phillips. We've got uh, Zach Jackson got the save, or Andre Jackson got the save today. But that was like a three-start outing. Did you guys uh, delve into the Dodgers situation at all? Or just kind of like, this is going to be a committee. Like, get me out of here. Yeah, we have one standalone league, uh, and in that league, you know, ratios are important, and we need a little bit of saves, but we don't need a lot of saves. So, like, just two over the next week and a half would be great, right? Um, and so we end up with both Phillips and uh, Martin. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Chris, just try to Chris Martin is the the other option in there, and you got Gratterall, you got Alex Ves- Vesey as like the lefty, but I uh, I had Phillips one and kind of Martin one A in that situation. I was I was not really d- digging for saves too much, but. Uh, it's one of those things like the Dodgers win so many games, but one guy gets one and you get two, like it could be, uh, you could ride that pretty well here down the stretch. And I assume uh, well, as much as Dave Roberts wants to say they're in a committee, I assume he's finding somebody he thinks he can trust in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. Because the, the it, it, it ain't. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's interesting. You know, like you kind of felt like they were trying to get, because before they signed Kimbrell, they were talking about, you know, it looked like uh, Trina was going to be the guy. And then yeah. all of a sudden you started hearing these whispers about Daniel Hudson. Remember, and it was like you kind of get the sense that they're very open to like a kind of committee approach. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if that's what happens next year. But um, Phillips, when I watch the games, like when it's like the key spot, right? That high leverage reliever, it's yep. it's that wins the three, four, five, and, and that could be in the seventh, it could be in the sixth, eighth. I, I just, even though he's the best reliever, like I kind of feel like if I had to bet money on the next save, I would go with Martin. Um, or even even Gratterall, maybe. It but sounds like as it comes from a place, do you think they think uh, they think Phillips is too valuable just to, to slot in the ninth inning only? Like, they want to use him. The dude's unbelievable. He's got a 1-2 TRA, 0.75 whip, 32% strikeout rate. Uh, it's crazy how good of a year Evan Phillips has had. I mean, he's been a, he's been a godsend for them. And it's in a team that has very, very few holes. Uh, you know, bullpen's been a little bit of one, and Phillips has filled that really nicely. Yeah, they're going to be, I think, you know, it's always, I mean, the Kimbrel train has been sliding downhill for a while but i think that yeah. once once like they're going to be formidable like once and i don't even know if they were ever going to go to him in the ninth in in a playoff game you know so i think the, the rest of the bullpen is really good so um 
I think that that's probably the weakest spot, although the starting injuries are, uh, are piling up. So they're going to have their, their work cut out for them. Yet they still win every single night. Yeah, but um, I mean, I'm kind of rooting, going back to like the first part, it was like I'm rooting for, because I'm a kind of an honorary Mets fan. You know, we have some, some mutual okay. Mets friends. Uh, Mets friends. So uh, them winning, correct me if I'm wrong, them winning the East would allow them, they would play the worst wildcard team, which would then set them, set them up for the middle game and they wouldn't have to face the Dodgers or the Dodgers wouldn't have to face them until the uh, finals. Yeah, so that's right. So right now... They call them the finals, right? They, they, <laughs> the finals. <laughs> well, what am I doing on this podcast? I think that's you a big know. question. Finals, finals, <laughs> finals works. Um, yeah, so the way NLCS. it works, the Dodgers NLCS. will be the one seed, the Mets will be the two seed. And as the Mets... The Dodgers would play the winner of the four-five series, which is two wild cards because they have to lock in the Mets. The Dodgers can't play a division winner, so the uh, so they get uh, the Mets will get the winner of Cardinals and the worst wild card team, whereas the Dodgers will get the winner of four-five. Which the problem is that could be the Braves or the Mets. Whoever doesn't win that division is going to have a hundred wins coming in there. They're going to be the they're going to be the four seed. They're going to have all three games at home. They're going to play against either the. Uh, you know the Brewers, the Padres, or the Phillies, and probably win that series. And the we could get a we get two teams with hundred plus wins in that second round. It could be Dodgers, either Dodgers, Braves, or Dodgers, Mets, depending on how this last week goes. You know the Braves and the Mets uh, both are, are pretty likely to get to hundred. You know they could they could stumble a little bit. Like the Braves have to go five and four to get to hundred. Um, the Dodgers are suddenly going to have they're definitely going to have the harder of that series, assuming that uh, assuming that the, the the NL East loser gets through that series. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I just, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons to fear the Braves. So you fear both of them. But yeah, just, just the idea of DeGrom, Scherzer, uh, one, two, you just don't want it. You just don't want any part of that. Uh, you don't. I mean, a short series, you go, yeah, you go DeGrom, Scherzer, and then you know, obviously you can go Bassett, who is not great, but as a, as a three starter is, uh, is, is, you know, can compete with almost any other third starter. That's, uh, yeah, you go, you go DeGrom, Scherzer, that's really tough. And you, you figure that, if you're losing after about uh, 24, 25 outs, Diaz is coming in the eighth, and you're probably done there too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a they are a very well set up uh, playoff team if they can uh, if they can get rolling a little bit. Okay, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, do you, so you're you're rooting for the Mets to win all. That's your that's your that's your, is that not, not your pick here, but that's who you're rooting for. Uh, so I'm rooting for them to make it far, not necessarily beat the Dodgers, but to uh, okay. other so want- outside of the Dodgers, I'm rooting for the Mets. Are you a Dodgers fan? How does this work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, right. I, I like, I'm still, my loyalty is still with the A's. Uh, <laughs> I think you're safe. We're 44 and a half out. I think you're safe to like switch your loyalty. I right watched, now. I, I mean, I've watched so little baseball as it is, but I watched uh, about an inning today and uh, I really, it really hit home. You're like, there's just nothing here to even like kind of get excited about. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a brutal bad. watch. And like, uh, we've talked about it before. I talked about it with Jeff. Like at least you get like the Royals, like you tune in for Bobby Witt at bats or Pascantino at bats or Sal Perez at bats. And, you know, if you're uh, if you're a, a Tigers fan, you turn in for like, I don't know, Torkelson at bats or if Matt Manning's pitching or the A's have none of that. There's like no like, there's no like, oh, O'Neill Cruz is up right now. So I'm a Pirates fan. Let me tune in. The A's don't have an interesting guy on either side of the ball right now. Once Montas got traded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dermis Garcia, who might hit one 490, but will likely uh-huh. strike out four times. But uh-huh. it's just weird that you had a team that like, there's nothing fun and young. Even the Reds, like if, if Ladol or Hunter Green pitches, like as a Reds fan, I'm watching that game. There's no, I'm not tuning in to watch JP Sears. I hate to say it. No, yeah, I know. Uh, but I still have uh, very fond memories of of that team. Uh, yeah, so. first first time I met you was the 2012 ALDS in Game Five. The A's had just uh, they won Game Four on a walk off, and my wife and I drove up and we found you guys in the parking lot. And uh, 
about seven innings later, I was back in the parking lot because the A's were down like eight nothing to Verlander. It was great, and I drove home. It was a wonderful drive. We had a great time. Yeah, terrible, but it's a great playoff. It's great atmosphere. It, great it's event. a it's a horrible stadium, but when it is full and yeah. packed for a big game, there's not many better places. It's, yeah, it's got to get that like you know low low you know it's got, yeah. it's very charm. It's got a lot of charm. A, a dump a dump at our dump is kind of okay. the way to look at it. And the, the fans with the fans are obviously you know they're they're sparse during the year. It's really sparse right now with the fact there's nobody there. But uh, it's uh yeah when it's rocking it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I've been there for a lot of playoff games that are really a good time. But uh, I wish there were mm-hmm. wish there were more. But uh, anybody else bullpen wise um. James Karinchek's pitching really well for Cleveland. If you need innings and arms, like he's, uh, you know, every once in a while he steals a save from Class A. Uh, Jimmy Herjit in uh, in Anaheim, they're using him all over the place. He, every once in a while he gets saved, then he'll pitch the sixth, then he'll pitch the seventh. But one earned run, last 16 innings have been pretty good. Uh, Rizel Iglesias in Atlanta. I know uh, Jansen mm. had this weird hiccup like a month ago, and been, since then he's been pretty good, so there's no, like, real path to saves. But last 13 games, no earned runs, 16 strikeouts, one walk. Like, if you just, like, need good innings and you don't need a win or a save, you need good innings and you want a guy that's going to you know be available the next nine days, like Iglesias is probably the top of my list for any, any kind of middle reliever right now. Yeah, yeah, he um he looks good. I'll be curious to see what Atlanta does with their their bullpen. I'm sure they'll use Jansen a little bit, but um yeah, no, I mean those nothing really outside of that in the bullpen. I mean we had we had the Hergit experience. I was like so <laughs> sure that this was gonna just work uh, beautifully because he had three saves one week, it, and then it seemed like it was, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, he's the two inning guy, and all of a sudden save save save. I was like, all right, here we go, and then we tuned in. And he's pitching like in with one out in the six. I was like. Oh. Yeah, that was brutal. But um, but yeah, not, nothing uh, nothing too much. A little bit. Of, I have a little bit of Karinchak. I did take your tip. I took your actually tip um, about six months ago. I'm gonna. Uh, oh, I hope it was, I hope, I hope it was, I hope it was not Domingo Acevedo. It was Domingo Acevedo. Nice saves and holds league uh, <laughs> dynasty. I gotta get you in this dynasty league, Scott. Uh, yeah, yeah. Usually, I usually get a call mid November <clears> asking me about dynasty openings, and I'm like, oh, uh, can't wait till the season's uh, over. I'm gonna try and yeah, pop one like, in again. I'm like, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really look at baseball again until February because I'm uh, this year especially. I think I'm, gonna be, I think I'm gonna burn out at the end of this year. But Osmond just good. Osmond has got a whip under one. Like I, he's mm-hmm. finally the guy. Should have been the guy from day one. You know, I know that uh, they've moved guys around. Danny Jimenez was actually pretty good when he was there for a while, and then he got blown up, and then he got hurt. Um, AJ Puck has pitched really well, but I think they like him as kind of the the fireman seventh eighth inning guy. But I think Osvaldo's just really solid. I mean, the guy was uh, it was really good in AAA for the A's last year. I like that. He got called up was uh, was pretty good. Got a whip under one. Like uh, you can mean that all day, especially on a bad team. But uh, you know, bad teams get saves too. Yeah, Oakland always seems to to have a guy that gets uh, runs them off. Yeah. Do people realize a bad team when they win? They usually don't win ten to one. It's usually a, you know usually a close game that uh, you know they win six to four or something like that. Um, so, but, uh, it's, uh, if he's available, uh, definitely somebody that Jose LeClerc in Texas was another guy I saw available in a lot of 12 teamers. Um, he seems to be, uh, the guy in Texas right now. Yeah. Yeah. And one other guy we had like a token bid on was Reyes Maranta. Um, wasn't happy or, or proud to, to have that on there, but, uh, he did have two saves this week. Um, kind of got pulled from a middle one, but, uh, looks like if you needed like desperate for saves, I think he was a guy that. We were yeah, talking. he pitched like the middle of the game today, right? Is that what's happening? <laughs> Figures. I think uh, I, I think I pulled back on him because I saw his usage today and it was not great. I'm trying to look here. I know he pitched two thirds of an inning. Um, hmm. I guess it wasn't. Oh, he came in and gave up a hit to blow the save. So we came in in the uh, came in in the eighth and uh, gave up the big hit. But it was actually a good spot though. It was like the spot with man. two guys on and like here's my closer. Get the last out of the night eighth and then pitch the ninth and then he. I just, mean that team. I'm sorry to interrupt. That team is going to be a force when they get rid of Kennedy Melanson 
whatever else they got going, like get like a legitimate bullpen. That's an exciting team. I like that team a lot. It's funny. We, again, we talk about bad teams, but like Arizona, when they're hitting, like that's a fun team to watch. They got a lot of bats. You got, you got Carroll, you got McCarthy, um, you know, uh, Ken, Kettle, Kettle Marte has not had a good year, but he's still, you know, still a good player. Varsho's had a good year. Mm-hmm. Christian Walker hits a home run every day and gets out three at a time. So he's always one for four of the home run. Josh Rojas has quietly had a good year. Alec Thomas mm-hmm. is a good prospect. Mm-hmm. They weirdly have a, a pretty fun little group there. Yeah, and some good, uh, really good minor leaguers, Jordan Lawler, um, Drew Jones. Yeah, so they're gonna yeah, have a, a really good. Showing off your dynasty league knowledge right there. This really is good. why I came on. Yeah, uh, yeah, and obviously Zach Gallon has had an elite year, and uh, you know they, they had a couple of interesting guys come up late the pitching wise. We talked about Ryan Nelson who got hurt but pitched well. Dre Dre Jameson has pitched really well for them so far this year. Uh, I, he was probably on some pickup list today too. He he plays uh, pitches at the Giants over the weekend. He's now he's now made three starts I think, giving up uh, a grand total of two runs in those three starts. So he pitched well again today against the Giants, five and a third, five hits. He'd have three walks but five strikeouts um he kind of looks the part too he looked the part to me like kind of on the eye test a little more than, uh, than than ryan nelson did yeah and i think you left off mr 200 innings uh merrill kelly every i feel like i leave him <laughs> off every time i was always uh, like oh jeff well you know as long as gallon's not pitching good but merrill kelly has been awesome pretty been much awesome. all year long his era is 313 like yeah. he had he started out really well had a couple of hiccups and then he's been really good again he's had a great year yeah yeah we got whipsawed because he was lined up for two Three, uh, yeah, two weeks ago, it was the Dodgers and then somebody else. I can't remember, maybe the Padres. He ended up not getting that. I think that was like the first time either Nelson or Jamison started. And so the next week, it was the Dodgers again, and that, that being this week, Dodgers and then the Giants today or, yeah. or yesterday, I guess it was. Um, yeah, yesterday. And so um, they're going to have him go one more time, and then I think that last day of the season. So all you Merrill Kelly fans out there, uh, get ready. Yeah, and news-wise on that, they, they they've decided they're not going to pitch uh, Madison Bumgarner again the rest of this year. So we don't have we don't have that to uh, to play our offensive guys against. He actually pitched well his last start, but they've decided they're going <laughs> to give those starts to some of the young guys and let them go. So uh, no more Mad Bum this year. If you uh, if you wanted to pick him up, it's uh, it's not going to work. But mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about some news and notes before we get out of here. Uh, we already mentioned uh, Spencer Strider earlier. He's on the aisle with the oblique uh, out for the regular season. Obviously, the Braves will hope that that heals up and he's good for the playoffs. But uh, I want to ask you, Spencer Strider, uh, un- unbelievable. I think he's the first guy with 200 strikeouts and less than 135 innings in the history of baseball. Uh, where does Spencer Strider's ADP land in the main event next year? Uh, so he, we did the early kind of premature draft. Oh, with were, you in, were you in that crazy I was in league that, that drafted in July or whatever it was? For I was year? the least prepared, and I took like two minutes per pick. Everybody's just yelling at me, but I just like, hey, I don't know. I don't know these guys. I don't know what I'm doing right. here. Uh, but Ryan Bloomfield got him, I think, in the in the fourth or like in the it was in the fifth. I can't. I think he was like third uh, or fourth. There's day. no so, way he gets the fifth in the main event. I think. I think the, the tricky thing about drafting so early is like there's a lot of time, and this was my strategy as well. Was like there's a lot of time for things to go wrong for a pitcher, you know. Right. Like whereas it feels like with hitter, like you kind of okay. There's a reasonable range. Um, right. So many arm, arms and elbows and things like that. Arms, elbows, necks. Uh, but so if he's healthy coming into spring, I mean, I can't, uh, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Late second? Yeah. I think, uh, I think like two, three turns somewhere in there. Maybe there's someone that gets, you know, it's a little squirrely and goes middle two, but I think, uh, I think ADP like lands in the like 28 to 32 range somewhere in there. And so I mean, start with the hitter third. Yeah. Yeah. You start, you start with like, you know, Trey or whoever else, the top of you know, Julio, whoever the top of the, the offensive board is going to be. Um, you know, Strider at your two, three turn, you know, gives you a, a ton of strikeouts. I mean, the innings are the main concern through so just 131 so far. And he threw like, uh, if I do the math, kind of like 
80, eh, like 95 innings last year. So, you know, it's a bump up. I, you know, how much does that bump go up again? Like it, there was a lot of talk earlier in the year. They wanted to be a reliever because they want to push his innings. But, you know, I think like 160 is probably the cap next year or something like that. But hell, that could be 220 strikeouts. And the whip's under one. It's not like he's, you know, like he, walk, I mean, he walks eight and a half percent. So not great walk rate, but it you know, gives up so few hits. The whip's under one. The area is two, six, seven. Uh, the mustache uh, moves it up probably a, uh, probably a half round or so. because People love that. But uh Dude, I mean, 38% strikeout in the first time through the majors is, is sick. Mm-hmm. Right now, are you taking him or Kevin Gossman? Uh, Strider. Okay. okay. Yeah. How about you? I kind of like I kind of like Gossman a little bit, but uh, I'm sure everybody's going to talk about how bad that he, he's been amazing as well. And he'll be kind of one of those other guys that were, were in the back there. I mean, you know, what's funny is I, I every time I think of Gossman, I'm like, oh, he hasn't been that great. And then I look and like, oh, he's been pretty darn great. Like, oh, it's just, yeah. yeah, he's been, he's been, walk rate's under 4% on Gossman. It's like, He's been really good. I just feel like he had that like, some hiccups earlier. Maybe he didn't like live up to the contract and kind of forgot about him. But he's been solid all year, and he's in 165 innings, three three two. The whip's a little high, but um, strikeout same same as last year. Essentially, it's like a percent down. But it's uh, he's backed up last year pretty much with a full repeat, maybe with a little bit of a whip bump. Yeah, yeah, and I think that this is not going to get by anybody because remember Nola coming into this year, yeah. you thought, oh, Nola's going to be in the fourth or fifth round. You know, if we were having this conversation. Last year, we'd be like, oh, no, we'll be in the fourth or fifth. Yeah. And he was at the early third. Right. You know? his, bat, yeah. his bat was 364. Gossman, yeah. 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 With a 332 area, like that could have been really elite. Yeah. I think I, I think I still go Strider, but you're right. That's uh, mm-hmm. It's closer than I thought when I made the first snap call. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. So anyway. Uh, but yeah, I, Strider's been awesome, fun to watch. I didn't get any in, uh, in Fab. Just, you know, um, a little bit one of those things where you have your week-to-week and you're kind of focused on this week and sometimes lose sight of like, Hey, let's, let's get a little lottery ticket yeah. here and hope that this, the skills work out. And so yeah. probably and they, something they weirdly visit. slow played it. We're like, he's going to be in the bullpen. I'm like, oh, I just can't do that for, for a month. And then all of a sudden he was in the bullpen out of the bullpen. He was starting. Um, I have him in the online championship. One of my teams that was doing well and it's kind of fallen apart lately. John Posmos kind of, uh, mm-hmm. taught me how to taught me how to finish in September here. He's, he's, he's put a clinic on and he's, he's got a lead now on me. Uh, I saw him in Vegas a couple weeks ago for the, for when I was drafting football and we were laughing about that league. Cause we've been like literally like not, each of us had like high nineties points and nobody else was close. And he's uh he's about three points ahead of me now. And he's been really good down the stretch. But yeah, speaking but- of guys who will be, who'll be drafted high next year, Julio Rodriguez uh, went in the aisle with a lower back strain, had the back issues, came back, looked okay. Then he was in the outfield in Oakland and you can see he felt it again. Possibly with the way the math works, he could return for the final series. I imagine it'll be if the Mariners need those games. If they don't, I assume they take as long as they can with him to, to get ready for the playoffs. If they need those games, then that becomes uh, that becomes a little bit tougher. They are currently four games ahead of the Orioles for the uh, for the sixth spot, half game behind the Rays. I assume that they don't really care about seeding; they care more about uh, more about getting in. I, I assume if, uh, if if the Baltimore gets in the one or two, Julio play. But if not, I think they'll sit him for the rest of the way. Yeah. If you had him, would you have dropped him this week? Yes. Yeah. I'm aggressive with drops though. Sometimes to my detriment, but, uh, uh, anybody injured in like last month, I tend to just kind of drop with the thought that, uh, like I dropped Gonsolin a week early, a week earlier than most people did. I there was a couple of people. I just, I dropped uh, Montas kind of right away when he got hurt. I just, uh, I, I know there's so many things that happen. Like I just didn't want to hold a roster spot for someone that'd be just the last weekend. Uh, is Julio uh, like ADP is like three next year or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think that um, I don't even know. I would take him over judge. I know that might be questionable, but then like Trey Turner, um, 
I know, you know, Acuna might, what do you think? Acuna's like middle of the first or something. That's something I would be a, a fan of. Yeah. I think we kind of have to toss this whole year out coming back. And then he's just, he's never been fully healthy and still, still had all the stole bases. The power's not been there, but uh, I, I can't see him getting out of the top 10. Yeah. And I, I mean, those are guys that I would be very excited about J Ram again. And, you know, judge, I guess um, we'll see where he lands. Speaking of guys who are going to be literally impossible to slot into ADP and figure out where you want to make it, Luis Robert is out for the season. He went in the aisle for with a wrist strain. It's been a nightmare of a year for Robert. Uh, 12 home runs, 11 stolen bases. He hit, still hit 284. Um, you know, barrel rate down about 4%. Uh, K rate's under 20%. Still obviously a stud, but only played 98 games. Um, he was a back half of the first round guy this year. Um, is he a back half of the second guy round guy next year? What do you think about uh, our friend Luis? Yeah, he went in the later part of the second okay. in that draft I was telling you about. And um, I probably won't. Uh, I mean, I need to because I have him on one team. I think there's a lot of that personal bias, like legit, like, like completely seriously. I, I would need to kind of step back, yeah. clean, cleanse it. And then, For sure. like, OK, what is what is the real upside? Because right now, like all I can see is just like more missed games and alerts on my phone that says he's not. Playing. And he's he's been he's been frustrating, too. It's not like he's just like out for two months. Like he's been it's been every period is like, well, he might play this week and he don't you don't, don't want to leave him out because then he hits two home runs. And you're like, geez, and he's a he's your first round pick. And he's been so day to day. It's just been impossible to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, I think there are other guys that I can talk myself into. Um, you know, a lot of times this is actually one thing I was thinking about with a, with a chance to talk to you is like, you know, some of the teams that we've had this year are, are kind of doing okay in the leagues, you know? Um, but I mean, it was pretty, it was a pretty pitching heavy approach. And I know you went pretty hitting heavy. Yeah. Um, do you think that is, is that, is that something to do with like the expanding field? Like, do you think you, you increase your likelihood for a ceiling? Is that just like uh, an old habit that just the way you feel comfortable or this year you specifically liked some pitchers in the middle ranges? I, it was tough. Cause I didn't love a lot of the second round pitchers. And then I picked first in Vegas and I was like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna take Trey Turner. And then I just liked the, I just liked the hitters that were two, three. And it was funny. I mentioned, I was talking to Paul Spore earlier this morning, just as we were talking about standings and stuff. And um, he said he brought up my team on one of his live streams or something. It, it, if I, cause I took judge in the fourth, it was just, he fell deep. And I it was the point where I was probably gonna take two pitchers at four or five, but judge fell. And I'm like, you know what? I got to deal with what the draft gave me. If I knew that I would have taken a pitcher at two, three, and my team would probably be a lot better than it is but um i just like the hitters early this year i just uh, i like the pitchers in the middle i i felt like the pitchers at two three were um not guys that i wanted to use a second round pick on i liked them but didn't love them and it's just kind of the way it worked out um one of my teams that worked out great i got dylan cease in the fifth round i ended up with sonny gray joe ryan uh tyler malley didn't work out very well but then i, I drafted kyle wright and tony gonsolin late so it was like anytime you do that like you can be like oh i just wait on pitching but like i'm never you're never gonna get that again you're not gonna get the two NL wins leaders in the, in the, mm. in the twenties ever again. So you can't fall back on that. And sometimes people are like, people do the like, Oh, I grabbed Daniel Bard in the 24th round. So I don't need to draft closers early ever. Cause I just drafted it. Like, it's not, you just can't count on draft falling into that guy as, as good as you are, or as much as you may research, you're not going to fall into the guy with 20 wins in the 28th round ever again. Like I'm not going to get Kyle Wright on a, on a team ever again in the 28th round. And I realize that. So um, I, I treat every year differently. I think I got uh a little bit fortunate going heavy offense here with the dead ball. I think, you know, the guys mm -hmm. I had early didn't get affected by it as much as it was kind of mid-range 
hitters that home runs are way down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you have a stud hitter, you have Jordan and, and Teoscar and Aaron Judd. Like, it's just dead balls to affect them because they just they hit anyway. Whereas a lot of these mid-range guys really got affected. Home runs are way down. And you notice that you look at some of these 2019 numbers, you look at guys, you're like, oh, well, that's where Glaber Torres hit 38 home runs. That's where it's just the, the, the mid-range guys just benefit so much more from that. I think I just kind of – I didn't know that was going to be the case, but I, I liked hitters early, and I, I probably got a little fortunate that it turned out to be kind of a, a dead ball year where maybe you know grabbing pitchers a little bit later was a little bit easier, although pitching pitching got tough in the summer. But early on, like you could pick up anybody, and they were throwing gems. So it, uh, it was a plan, but it was one that uh, you know I planned based on where I was, where I liked in the draft, rather than – and then I think I got a little fortunate with the way the ball worked out. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, did, that, did, that not... answer, did that answer a question like 10 times longer, <sighs> 10 times longer than you wanted me to? No, it, it skirted the issue. There was no red like I wanted that by taking starters that you kind of – the question would be do I feel like it's more likely – yeah, you just said you can't draft Kyle Redigan or, or, or Tony Gonsolin. I've right. seen you do that before three years ago, and so don't pretend like you can't do it again. Hard, but like, hard, is it, hard to count on that, though. Yeah, it's hard to count yeah. on But are you more likely – do you feel like you're more able to do that or that the, the general population should be and that therefore like the hitting approach felt better or was it just like, hey, kind of like – the way the specific players kind of fell. And then you kind of maybe, like you said, with the ball being in the way it did kind of just happened to be a nice uh, add on to that. I, uh, I feel like I pitched, I pick pitching better in the middle rounds than I do hitting. So I, I tend to go with like my strength there. It doesn't always work out. Obviously I have a league, the Vegas men league, my pitching is terrible. So I, I can't really, I, I took Trevor Rogers in the fifth round. I took mm. uh, uh, Taylor Rogers in the seventh round. At least he worked for a little bit, but it just, one of those leagues where it didn't work. I didn't get the, I didn't get the, uh, you know, the Kyle Wright and Tony Gonsolin. I took Elysia Hernandez, uh, Rich Hill. I took late in that league, but I got Carrasco. I got Joe. I got Joe Ryan. Rich Hill's terrible. Uh, I got, <laughs> but like Marcus. The problem is I got guys that didn't strike out guys enough. You're gonna wait. You've got to make sure you get strikeout guys. And I did that. By the way, I got Cease. I got Malley. I got Gray. I got I got Joe Ryan. Like all guys that have been really good. But uh, you know, obviously Cease fell a little bit. That was that was really fortunate. Um, if you're gonna do it, you're gonna wait. You have to like you have to hope that guys get to you more than anything. And it's just. Uh, you gotta have your you have your pockets lined up, and I uh, I'm one who tends to draft very like what the draft gives me, and I, I'm very like not coming in with a plan of this who I'm taking the first, second, third. Like I feel like I know the player pool well enough, and I study enough that I can kind of adapt. But sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I like it. I like it. Yeah, you always. Uh... And it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that draft because in the seventh round in my my main event online that's that's doing pretty well. Um, I just I was so pissed. Julio Rodriguez lasted forever, and he went to pick before me in the seventh round. It was one of those like. I can't believe he got this far. I don't even want to look at the board right now. And you hear the noise and you're like, oh, shit, you know, there he goes. But I took Jose Altuve next and is not that far off. Like he has one less mm-hmm. home run, like five less steals, and he's hitting 297 and has 95 run score. I know the RBIs aren't even close, but like for a consolation prize, Jose Altuve is quietly 26-18. The steal bases came back yeah. this year. He yeah. hasn't stolen over eight, over 17 bags since 2017. Uh, the 18 this year were huge for him. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. That was nice. And then Abreu has been good in the eighth. And you just okay. not, I mean, yes, he's been fine. He's been solid. You wish that he had more than, you wish he had more than 15 home runs though. Like it's just uh, it, you, a guy right there that hits the middle lineup is 15, 73, 15 84 runs. runs. Yeah. He's 15 home runs. Wow. Yeah. He was 31, 17 last year. If you give me that, like we'd be set right now, uh, but he's also hitting 304 in a ton of a big 650 plate appearance. He's played almost, I think he's played 150 games, but almost every game all year. So there's a lot of value just him being in that lineup, uh, just kind of, you know, racking up categories. But yeah, if he had, 25 home runs instead of 15 we'd probably be uh we probably having more of a party right now that's for sure mm. and paul stool do you still got paul stool on his team i do i do mm. he's uh, every 
every time I want to drop Seawald, um, he gets like three saves in a week, so I can't drop him. Uh, I've tried to drop him earlier in the year. Then, uh, then I kept him. He had three saves in a week. Then I was like, oh, I'm tired of him. He, had, he let a couple times. They had three saves in a week. So I was like, I'm just going to hold on. He had a win yesterday, which was huge. He had a, a two inning. Uh, he just they, they use him in different ways. Every time I want to, I've thought about dropping him. He's gotten a save that week. And I'm like, oh, maybe they're going to use him. It ends up with five wins, 19 saves. ERAs are whips 0.75. Like I know it's 60 innings, but uh, that still helps the ratios right there. Mm-hmm, for sure. It's a, yeah, really, it's a really good real world pitcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it took a long time for him to get into that save role, and yeah. I remember you oh, talking I, about. Before I'm not we kidding. I I almost dropped him a couple times. We we yeah we dropped him on one team uh, where and his velocity was kind of going down. He'd given up a couple home runs like yep. late in the games, and he hadn't quite gotten those those save chances yet. And then pretty much the next week, uh, a couple saves, and it's like, oh, here we I, go. I think he I think he pitched in like the fifth or the sixth row this week, and I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. And then he pitches the seventh and eighth last night and pitches really well and gets the win. So. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm going to use him this week. I haven't looked at uh, this week. I need to really max out strikeouts if I can. And with well, well it, the problem is my second worst category is saves. That's it's a hard combo to have. You're like, oh, I just want to throw nine starters, but you can't really do that needing some saves. So, um, and the Astros play five games this week. I have Ryan Presley, so that's not uh, not really a great time with that. Uh, I think they, they play five, right? Do they play five? Yeah, they play five. They play five. So that's not uh, not ideal right there. But uh, other news and notes: um, Dustin May went on the aisle with lower back tightness. Wild. That was like. Like six weeks ago, that was like if you have money left and you need pitching, like Dustin May is going to save your season. Um, had that great start before he was eligible in Fab, and then has not been good since. It's been, I have him in my Vegas man. I, I used almost all my money because I'm like, I need pitching. Here it comes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dominate now, and uh, it's been a negative for sure. Yeah, we did not. We were not. There were there were very festive bids, and we were not really anywhere close to it. But uh, not by you know, not because we didn't want to be. We just financially weren't there, and. Um, it's 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 kind of an interesting lesson, you know. You got like a few starts, and if one of those starts, even just one goes, I mean, he's obviously looking like a very poor return on investment. But yep. even just two bad starts, and you're like, oh man, it's tough when you when you save your money for that late. You know, that's kind of one of the thinkings yep. about you know trying to get it early. It's like and the, I think it's another lesson on coming back from serious arm injuries. Like it just it, it's inconsistent. I guess is the best word for it. You know, he's going to have good starts. He's going to have starts where he doesn't feel it. But that first start against Miami, five innings, one hit, nine strikeouts. I was like, mm-hmm. it's easy here. And then six mm-hmm. th- since then, you know, one, six, three, zero, five. It's just been very up and down. Kind of what you'd expect from stepping back a guy who's off a year not pitching. So it's uh, it's a good lesson there. I, if, uh, if I'm the Dodgers, I'm using him in like – if he can, if he can come back for the playoffs, I like using him in like two-inning stints where he can just gas it out rather than him starting. For sure. Uh, DJ LeMayhew in New York, uh, uncertain where he can return this season. This toe injury is really lingering. Um, I dropped him in a league. I think it's just it's just too much to deal with with 10 days left. Uh, did you guys pick up any Nick Castellanos? He was available. It said he's expected to return for the Cubs series for the Phillies, which is the first half of the week. No exact date yet, but it sounds like he's going to play, uh, you know, at least the last two series of the year for the Phillies. We had a bid in. It was below Suarez, right? And we needed Ribby. So either one, either position would have been fine, but I did prefer right. Suarez. I felt like... It was a better, just based on Suarez's comments and the team's comments, a little bit better. There were some comments about Castellanos is like, uh, he not, might not be quite 100%, but he doesn't need to be. And then um, and then I think the manager said something like, well, it doesn't mean he won't have a game or two off here and there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Which is great when you have nine left. Like yeah, if, you sit, if you sit four, you're pretty much dead. But yeah. uh, hasn't been good this year either. I mean, Suarez has 31 home runs. Castellanos has 13. Uh, hard hit rates down 12%, barrel rates down 4%. He's been a different guy. So there's also the, uh, there's not only the, you know, how many games he's play left, there's also the performance aspect of it. He hasn't been very good this year either. That's true, but I love him. 
I do too. <laughs> I've loved it for a lot of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it for a lot of years. This year's been a disappointment, though. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., we talked about him earlier, kind of talking about the first round. He was out today. He's missed four straight games of the back tightness. Um, this is like literally a you check the uh, check the check the lineups every day, and if he's in, you play him. If he's not, you don't. He's he's been a guy that has not been anywhere near as Robert frustrating, but has been a little frustrating here the last month or so. Yep, for sure. You think he he would DH when he comes back? Uh, I would think so. I would. I certainly would not risk him in the field if I were them. But uh, they play uh, at Washington the first half of the week. I think if he's in Monday, you obviously play him. If he's not in Monday, I think you sit him. Because that's only two weeks. They don't play on Thursday. I think I'm waiting for the Mets series. And uh, maybe the Braves are waiting for the Mets series too. Yeah. Um, Tyler Glass now, our old uh, old friend, starting on uh, starting on a Wednesday. Sounds like he's going to be only 45 pitches. Um, I couldn't do it with 45 pitches, but it'd be fun to see him back on the mound. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Knowing me, we'll we'll have some bids next week for a dollar. Uh, yeah, that's true. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm just be... alerting my competition right now. Yeah. I'm going to have a dollar bid. So if you want him, you can bid too. And you, he's uh, he's going to be at maybe at Fenway next uh, Monday. Maybe up to like sixty pitches. That'd be uh, that'd be probably mm-hmm. workable. Um, Chris Bryant's fishy out for the season. Does anyone care about that? I don't think so. Brandon Lau done for the season. Also, uh, Dane Dunning was going to be a, a bid. He was going to be a two-star pitcher. He's had season-ending hip surgery. Uh, Shane Boz in Tampa Bay also having Tommy John done for 2023. Um, so Brian might be a drop in your dynasty league. Mm, terrible, terrible. Uh, it, it, it was. He, I wish you would have told me to drop him in redraft leagues about midway through the season because they <laughs> carried him for the three times. Somebody dropped him because they got news that he was on the 60-day L. So of course we just you know super savvy. We picked him up and carried right. him for another month and a half, and then got two starts and then dropped him back. So yeah, it's too bad because when he pitches, he's pretty darn fun. And uh, but uh, he's only you know what 27 innings this year, like 20 like 70 innings total last year or something. I guess about a hundred innings last year. We're taking, taking double a, but coming off 27 innings, then missing a year. We're looking at a lot of years before he's uh he's fantasy, uh fantasy notable again. Yeah. I hope he returns and, and is good. Last couple of guys I want to ask you about before we jump out of here. And again, I appreciate you. I taking the time to jump on with us. It's always fun to chat with you, but uh, Byron Buxton is a guy that is always talked about a ton in the, in the off season. It's like, well, He's always hurt, but this is going to be the year, and people push him up to the second, third, fourth round, whatever it may be. Another year where he's ending his season early. He's having a seven season injury surgery on Tuesday. Um, he had 28 home runs this year in 92 games. Like the the, the home runs were insane, but he hit 224. Struck out strikeouts were back up to 30 percent, whereas he dropped those last few years. 50 um, percent hard hit rate, 16 and a half percent barrel. So he's become a guy that uh, mashes, but maybe uh, maybe a lot of swing and miss. He's changed his game. He doesn't doesn't run as much. We're probably looking at a if he ever played a full year, more of a 15 stolen base guy than a 30 stolen base guy. Um, is he someone that you guys end up drafting? Or are you looking at him? What do you think he ends up next year? What are you guys doing with Byron Buxton as we go into 2023? I am going to ask you to give me a price and I'll tell you where, but uh, I have not had Buxton. I got him on one DC. Thankfully, thankfully he went super high in the main event, main events in Vegas. And then, uh, you know, right after that, uh, which was good because I had, you know, obviously had Nick in my ear, uh, it was not, it was not a battle. I was really enjoying, uh, fighting, but uh, is, Nick yeah. a, is Nick a Buxton guy? Yeah. Because it's okay. so easy to dream on. Like, it and it, it, at least now I would have, if, you know, if having that same conversation, I'd be able to point like to, to the skills degradation, right? Like, yeah. cause there were, I can, I can, could understand the argument, which is like, all he needs to do is stay healthy and continue this progression. Right. Uh, he gets the, the 45, 45 home runs if he does, like it's a monster season with 10, 10 to 12 stone bases, but yeah, if he can strike out thirty percent of the time and just go for home runs, then he's you know, he's not Miguel Sano, but he's not uh, he's not uh, you know not a not a pure five tool guy either. It's uh, 
it's tough. It's just the way he plays. I mean, he's such a great center fielder, but he runs into walls. He just, it's just, he hasn't played more than hundred games since 2017. Yeah. And I think that's a problem. I, yeah. and, and the the one thing that I've kind of been, you know, I'm really focusing on the leagues and trying to finish this year off before really turning well, to, you don't to want to start year. drafting for 2023 right now. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I, I actually don't either. I won't. When do you start doing draft champions leagues? You like to start pretty early, don't you? I, I usually start pretty early, but this year I'm going to take a little time. Uh, what's what's what, what's early though. Collect my breath. Uh, you know, late November, oh, November. Yeah, see, like that's, that. uh, that's amazing. Yeah, just get your, uh, but you don't, you don't play other sports though, right? No, that's right. Yeah. You told yeah. me about the football. I was like, I can't even, my brother-in-law showed me like a first, his first round of his draft. And I was like, I don't know <laughs> how these names, uh, but yeah. So uh, yeah, I think that uh, I don't really want to think too much about next year, but you know, looking at judge and I don't want to like change my fantasy baseball approach based on like what one guy has done this year. But like, I have to admit, like, you know, I probably draft a little bit, a little safer, you know, in the first five rounds. I mean, it's paid. It's, it's, I think we've found that has been pretty beneficial, but at the same time, you kind of wonder if, if with 705 teams, right. Like, I wonder if you kind of have to open the playbook a little bit more, you know, and like, and like say, Hey, you know, is there a spot for this? And can we work this? And having some faith that you can fix those things if it goes poorly and fix right. it in fab. Cause I mean, otherwise you end up with too many guys that have a very narrow range. You know, you're kind of Andrew Benintendi's who this year, you know, obviously the ball did not help, but uh, I know you love Andrew Benatende. Always have love him. Always, uh, always on my buy list. Yeah, but you know him. There was like a lot, you know Solari. You can't really chalk that. It's like a lot, you know, some some injuries. But a lot of those guys, Abasil Garcia, just these guys in the middle rounds that were supposed to put up pretty bankable, if unspectacular numbers. And then, um, yeah, I wonder if that's kind of contributed to my our overall like offensive lagging. Yeah. John, uh, John Rubright in the chat mentioned uh, I had Bucks in this year for me, never again. I wonder if we're going to get some of that. Like, I feel like we we, we always get like the, oh, I'm never do Bucks again. Then in March, people are back in. I wonder if we're gonna, at some point we get to the point where like people are like, he's just never going to play a full set of games. And then he probably finally will at that point. But I wonder if maybe you get some uh, some Bucks and fatigue this year for the first time. I'm, I'm going to guess so. But didn't yeah. people do that with Stanton though? Didn't people like finally, probably. finally sour in Stanton? Like even this and year, wasn't he- Stanton like the eighth round? Yeah, and then he hit 59 home runs in Miami, and then everybody got back in. Then everybody, everybody uh, soured again, and it's just it, – it's it's a tough uh, – it's tough. I'm a big believer that um, I want a little bit of safe and a little bit of uh, upside risk, and I don't want too much of either. I think that uh, there have been times where I've gone a little too safe, and I have adjusted that recently. Like, I don't think three years ago I would have drafted Bobby Witt as early as I did this year because I'm like, he's a rookie. Uh, you know what we're going to do? I'll just take, you know, safe player and safe player B. But I'm still – you know, those first couple rounds, I want guys I know I'm going to get something from. So I'm not one that's going to push up rookies and rookies too much, but I adapted a little bit. Um, I think it's helped me. Uh, it, it's a hard balance to find, but I think it needs to be a balance rather than there have been years where I'm like, oh, well, the old boring guy is his value and he makes sense. But you just like, you kind of end up at a team that, you know, finishes with eight point eight nine points mm-hmm. every category. And you're good, but you're not great. And um, so it's a hard, it's hard finding that balance. Hard, but I think it's very important to find it. And I've tried to do, I've tried to get out of the, uh, out of the comfort zone, old boring guy a little bit without going crazy. On I I like that. Uh, the Bobby Witts picks up kind of surprised me. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It's, he's, he's, it, it's been a really good year, but it feels like it's a little bit up and down. Like there's times where he slumps, there's times where he gets really hot, but then you look right now and he's, but he's 20 home runs, 28 stolen base, only hit 255, but it's weird. His hard hit rate's not that huge. Barrel rate's not that huge. He's only 20 home runs, but I mean, he's just under everything across the board. He's got uh, 79 runs, 78 RBIs. He, had, he got up to 80 on both. He had, he had two runs and two RBIs today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go 160 runs on RBIs, you go 20, 20, you know, 20, 30, like that's going to work anywhere you pick them. 
Yeah. yeah. He went at the the one two turn in that early draft. Did he yeah. really? Yeah. Uh, oh, and the, oh, you're talking. I thought you meant your your early main this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh no, you're talking uh, the premature the, the premature draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's. Uh, I imagine that's probably the spot he's going to go. I mean, you consider he goes 2030 his first year. Like, you, know, you people are just going to see that upside. And um, yeah, I, I bet you that's that's about the right price for him. Where did Mookie Betts go? Uh, eight ahead of Soto. Uh, maybe nine. Maybe I went Tucker. I want to say it's Tucker Betts Soto. Eight, nine, ten. Mookie Betts has quietly been horrible the last month or so. Yeah, I have. I, yeah, I saw your tweet. I have. Uh, we have Bryce Harper, and I was going to do like a little side by side ever since he's come back he is has it been bad i don't have him anywhere so i I mean i i I, he homered yesterday or today or something but i think bats if i'm doing the math right is 17 for his last 87 Mm. Uh, with three home i mean it's been an awesome year and he's he's certainly paid off the uh the draft price but uh quietly he's under 270 right now but uh you know 81 runs he's got or 112 runs he's got he's way up there and runs 81 rbis uh, 12 stone base. He's obviously been an awesome player all year, but uh, this last month has been really, really rough. He's just, uh, he, I don't know. I, I imagine the Dodgers give him like four days off coming up the next nine days. I bet you he gets a lot of time off. He's going to be a tough, uh, he's going to be a tough, you can't really sit him, but like if he, I don't know, if he's sitting the first game, I might think about it, but I don't think I could do it. But uh, I think he sits probably four of the next nine games, if I had to guess. Yeah, get him ready. Yeah, Bryce Harper, uh, since he came back, 91 at bats, 209, three homers, 12 ribbies, 12 runs. Yeah, so yeah, at least he's got a little bit of counting stats in there. But yeah, the two hundred nine from your best player is—it's uh, yeah. tough. And you wonder, you know, he obviously—you uh, wonder if he came back a little too early. He's a little bit rusty, but uh, I don't. I think with these studs, you just kind of have to hope these last nine days that they run into a couple and, and get hot. I don't think I'm gonna—I mm-hmm. don't think I'm gonna entertain bet. I, I may think about bets the last week if he doesn't play the first game. Uh, I'm pretty sure he won't play the third game, so I'm not gonna play him for one game. So he's someone that I'll probably have to have a backup for just in mm-hmm. case he sits that Monday. Next week, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe Alex Call maybe Alex Calls on the waiver wire. You can grab him next week. Your boy Alex Call, you really <laughs> like that guy? Yeah, apparently Nelson Cruz, Nelson Cruz is never going to play again. So Alex Call is uh, every time I look up in the box score when I'm looking up Joey Manessa's home runs, I always see Alex Call in there too. So it's uh, I, I like that one. I mean, it was DFA by Cleveland. I think uh, it's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. it's never <laughs> never a great thing. Uh, since we're talking about guys who've struggled lately, Matt Olson has been brutal the last month. These last thirty days. Hit 143 with one home run. Like that's why you're gonna you're gonna you assume with Matt Olson might get some some weird slump uh, slump uh, months with some some bad batting. Which we really figure the power at least gonna be there. Uh, he's got like a 30 percent strikeout rate in the last month too. Which like his his big calling card last year was he went from 31 and a half percent to 17 percent in the in the huge year with the A's. He, had, he went from 195 in 2020 to 271, kind of back to his 2019 days, but dropped the strikeout rate so much. He's back up to 24 and a half percent this year, which is a uh, a range you can work with, but I'm I'm a little concerned just how bad it's been like the last six weeks. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, maybe that's a less. I mean, I think we've just the last two guys we talked about between Olson and Buxton, guys that saw a pretty dramatic decrease in their strikeout rate, kind of bounce back a little bit. Yeah, you kind of feel maybe that's going to bump up a little bit, but it's, it's kind of where that lands. So I think it probably. I think when you think of Olson, you got to think of him as a. 25% strikeout rate guy, not a 17% strikeout rate. And I think if you kind of uh, do your evaluation with that in mind, I think you probably end up where you need to be. I mean, the, the overall power is looks like it's still there in terms of yep. barrel rate and max EV. And, yep. uh, yeah, I mean, he's 50% hard hit right now. Barrel rate, same as with last year, over 12%. It's just that when you strike out, you know, 7 8% more, uh, you know, that batting average goes down. His Babbitt buzz, Babbitt's the same as last year. It's 270. Last year was 269. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, striking that strikeout rate. He's walking about 3% less. Um, 
I think he's pressing right now too. They're starting to have some rumblings in Atlanta every time he comes up. He sat a game this week for a mental health day, and he was like, "Yeah, you never want to take a mental health day, but God, I need one." So it's uh, mm-hmm. he's he's clearly feeling it. Um, hopefully, he breaks out in the playoffs. I really like Matt Olson as a dude. Yeah. Is there anybody else that you want to talk about? Anybody else on your mind? Anybody else you prepared to chat about that I haven't brought up? Anybody else that's on your mind before we jump out of here? I think we're good. We left off with Z- uh, Zico Tovar. I didn't really get in on him, yeah. but uh, I had him on the list. I had him below Bay, but um, a guy that, like the match, like it's intriguing. Power speed, but they're yeah. out of cores. And honestly, we, we, where we were, we yeah, we need – kind of everything offensively, but the two main spots were ribbies in the, in the two teams we're really concerned about. And um, it's just like that offense outside of, outside of course, like the entire offense, it's yeah. just so putrid that I'm just, I'd rather take a couple of their spots with guys that I feel yeah. are a little bit better. He's so. a top, he's a top, like a top 25 overall prospect. So it's like, a, it's a really good thing. He was uh, 13, 17 in double a, and then had a quick stint at triple a with five games. But yeah, I looked at him too. I didn't really need shortstops anywhere. I kind of wanted some multi-position guys where I needed some middles and corners. So I went there, but I had him on a list, but uh, it was kind of a little bit down. I just didn't know what fully we're going to get. I figured I'd play him every day, but you know, if they'd been in cores, obviously I think the intention would have been uh, ramped up on him, but they don't have another home game for the rest of the season. Right. Yeah, and the Dodgers, they finished with the Dodgers they, for six. They finished six with the Dodgers? Six with the Dodgers, all in L.A. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. That's a wild series. They're in the Do- they're in L.A. for an entire week. That uh, I guess they were uh, end of the start of the season. We're supposed to start with them, and they got kicked down to the bottom at the end of the year. So that uh, is a schedule, uh, a strange schedule. There. And they're three at San Diego, too. Like, it just doesn't it look great. They get Snell, Musgrove. You get Mania, so that's probably uh, that's probably four hits right there at least. But then uh, mm-hmm. then you go uh, you go Kershaw, you got Anderson there, you got Gonsolin, maybe you got Urias, you got Heaney. Like that's just it's a tough nine games of pitching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, who, no, that was it, man. Uh, who, that was it. Who's uh, who's the guy you need to have a ten RBI week this week? Who are you looking for? Like this is gonna be the guy that's gonna win me a league this week. Uh, you can pick pick one of anyone. Uh, w- let's go. Edward Oliveras would be great. Oh, I like uh, Edward. Yeah. Uh, you know, Alex Call, we uh, Brian Reynolds has been really hot lately. Let's keep keep the party going. And then, um, give me one more second here. You know, like uh, I'm, I'd be up for some more like a, a little Paul Goldschmidt resurgence. The last right. last few weeks has been a little bit cold. Let's let's get it let's get it going again. Yeah, the Triple Crown talk has, uh, has died down a little bit as the Schwarber hit some home runs and got a little mm. distance there. Um, I'd like a, I'd like about a, a 15 strikeout Ronzi Contreras week would, uh, would be nice. And uh, Chase Anderson, not to, uh, not to completely implode. I think we can agree that if that goes well, you'll be in a very good mood. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a, this is, it's it, tomorrow will be an, an important day for some pitchers. So uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to the Rotowire fantasy baseball podcast sponsored by so rare. We do always appreciate everybody tuning in. Anybody that's watching live, we appreciate that. Anybody who's uh, listening to us in the audio version on Monday morning, we always appreciate that. want to thank uh, Brian Slack for jumping on. Always a, always a fun time when you, when you join and appreciate you filling in for uh, Jeff, who's out of town. Any, uh, any last thoughts you have for the, uh, for the public out there before we get out of here? Uh, I think they had enough of me. Uh, thanks so much, man. Uh, really, really a pleasure. Always love this little late season tradition. Uh, yeah, it's fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Absolutely. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Jeff and I will be back at you next Sunday for the final half week of the season. I think it'll be our, uh, I think it'll be our last one. Although if uh, if things go really well, well, maybe we'll do a late season end podcast to uh, to chat on teams. But we'll see how it goes. But uh, so maybe we'll do a little playoff preview. Uh, last year the playoffs were really good for us. Uh, I predicted predicted well and uh, did well in the playoff contest. So maybe we'll do a playoff podcast at the end uh, after the three day week. But uh, see how it goes. I hope everybody has a really good week. Hope everybody moves up the standings, win some leagues this week. Uh, good luck with everything. Back at you next Sunday. Take care.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.